This is Transparency, a podcast by Gender Dysphoria Alliance, hosted by Aaron Kimberly and Aaron Terrell. Each week we'll be joined by people who have personal or professional experience with gender dysphoria and physical transition. We'll also discuss how our trans experiences relate to the concept of gender identity. Join us for a compassionate yet heterodox approach to the question of trans. Welcome back to Transparency, everyone. We are joined today by Matt Ray. Uh, Matt is a trans man I initially encountered, I want to say, on TikTok, uh, doing some uh, some uh, excellent videos over there just on the current state of trans uh, activism and uh, the dangers therein. And I uh, was just, yeah, very happy to meet a, another uh, trans person speaking against this. So uh, welcome to Transparency, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation. Good. good, good. All right, so if you want to, we want to start uh, at the beginning. You are, uh, you're currently hailing from uh, Arizona, but you obviously don't have that accent. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So if you want to start, uh, f- uh, you know, like where you grew up. Um, uh, yeah. You know, your maybe dysphoria or the decision to transition later on, or just yeah, give us your uh, autobiography, essentially. All right. So I'm from England. At Age five was when I first felt like I was in the wrong body. I remember my mum used to take me to clothing stores and when she'd try and put me in a dress, I'd think, what on earth are you doing? You know, like <laughs> I felt like that was almost like being trans, then being being told to wear girls' clothes. And I remember telling my mum and she kept saying to me, you know, at, at five, she kind of laughed it off and rightly so, because kids at age five don't know what they are. You know, they want to be inanimate objects and things. So I understood that. But this became a repetitive thing as I as I went through my my childhood and into my teenage years. And when it got to around my teenage years, by this point, I was I was really struggling with the gender dysphoria. And uh, like most teenagers when they're told no about something I felt like my mum was the coolest person ever because she was trying to explain to me that you know I could have been a tomboy I I could have been a lesbian there could have been all these possible things rather than jumping straight to the conclusion that I was in the wrong body and being in that mind state like I said being a teenager I thought that she was being really rotten about that you know I thought she was this mean mum but as I grew up and I started my transition as an adult I realized I couldn't have had a better mum in that respect because she was protecting me from making a decision that could have been temporary and could have led to permanent damage to my body that I couldn't that was irreversible you know so I ended up in America obviously as you said I'm in Arizona now that is because I started speaking out about uh, things to do with the world from 2020 and I met an American called Judith Rose and we ended up getting married and I moved here And that's when I ended up encountering Gays Against Groomers. And it's something I felt so passionately about when I joined it, because this attack on children is so devastating to see. And I I was always someone as well who didn't shout that I was trans from the rooftops. You know, people close to me, if I was to date someone, they would know. But I didn't go declaring it. I've never been a labels kind of person or or, or tried to um, go into stereotypes and things like that. So when this stuff started happening, I realized that this wasn't about my personal feeling about that anymore. There was something much bigger than me and all of us happening. Children are being confused. They're not being taught the birds and the bees anymore. They're being taught that gender is a, is a 
social construct um that that biology isn't real and so we're going to end up with a lot of children who are who are going to turn to very confused adults and it, it's really devastating the, the the drag shows as well and things like that and so that's how i ended up doing what i'm doing now because i i just care so much for the kids yeah well thank you for doing it yeah yeah, yeah your videos have be been said. amazing thank you so much yeah. when did uh gaze against groomers start Two months ago now, um, our founder, Jamie Michelle, started the movement and it's been making huge waves. It's been incredible. Um, we were recently on Tucker Carlson Tonight. Um, we've had articles. Uh, we have been on Newsmax recently as well and OAN. We've had multiple hit pieces written about us. Twitter banned the word groomer. So did uh uh, reddit for being an anti uh, lgbtq slur because of our movement which is a very dangerous game to play as well because when you say that groomer is an anti lgbtq slur you're implying that all gays are pedophiles and groomers and that is simply not true yeah good point yeah what uh, what has the reception been like is is the organization growing um really quickly it's growing. We've in the last two months, we've amassed over one hundred and seventy thousand on, on on multiple platforms across social media, and we've had such an incredible outpour of support. I can't even express how much. We get a lot of hate too, but it's it's buried by the support because most people in the community don't agree with this insanity that's going on. But a lot of them are too afraid to speak out about it because. Well, you've seen, you get attacked if you say anything. I mean, I get called on the daily transphobic, which I find ridiculous because I'm trans myself. And I've been told that I, I, I hate myself inside and that I would have handed over my own people to the Nazis. You know, this is the stuff I get yeah. told. Uh, the recent yeah. one I got given was that I have passing privilege and therefore I'm not oppressed. So it's, right. <laughs> you, you can't win with these people. They're going to find an excuse for all of it. Like if you, if you, if you think differently than them, you are a fascist, you are, you are far right, you are a Nazi. And I just find this horrific because how did we get to a point in the world where wanting to protect children, which I thought was something we should all be doing, is now classed as hateful rhetoric. Uh, it's scary. It's, it's bizarre. And it's kind of funny that they do, they have uh, kind of inverted the definitions of words like bigot and fascist when yes. you know, they're con controlling speech and whatnot. It's just yeah, it's bizarre. It's a, it's a minor pet peeve of mine, bigger issues to, to worry about. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how, what are your thoughts on the uh, the situation with the uh, the closure of the the Tavistock? You, let, well, let's back up a bit. When did you transition and what was that process like for you? Okay, so I started living as a male in 2009, but I didn't start anything because I was still a college student then, you know, and I wanted to get my education out of the way. So I finally started going to appointments at 24. Then I had obviously the year officially living as a male. Um, and then at 26, I started testosterone and I had my top surgery at 29. I'm 31 now. I actually was a patient at Tavistock. That was where I went through everything. And um, I'm telling you, shutting it down was a, was a good thing because the change I saw in just those years that I was having appointments there was horrific. My first appointment, it was just me and uh, another slightly older trans woman in the room with me. By the time I was having my appointment just before surgery, that, that, that check they do before you have the top surgery, I was in a waiting room full of, youths with their parents so I, i'm not sure whether they were able to start the actual process there in the uk at that time but they were 
going to the clinic for these consultations that was happening and the, it was busy it, it was so busy and now we're getting these reports that it was deemed unsafe because of all the things that were going on there i've seen reports i'm um, not necessarily from tavistock but a a woman chose to transition later in life she had one two-hour consultation and was given the get-go this is where this is where we've gotten to that they're not checking if people really have gender dysphoria anymore they're taking gender stereotypes and saying that is the reason why you have to change your whole identity you know girls can't like cars anymore boys can't like dolls if they do oh you should go and have a sex change because you're trapped in the wrong body and that's terrifying and we're going to lead to so much look at all the detransitioners coming out right now think how much that is going to accelerate with all this authorization being given for these child transitions oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm we're going to see a tsunami here here very soon is, is my um yeah yeah my thought on it but so when you were first you said that was 2009 when you first went to the tavistock or was that when you like kind of socially transitioned socially Okay. I went to Tavistock the first time at age 24 and it was honestly I breezed right through it it was really okay. easy even then but because of how I felt the way I had my whole my whole life you know I I, I didn't see it as a as an issue until I'm realizing like oh right. dear that that is because not everyone's me not you know like my situation was also slightly different because my mum was told all through her pregnancy she was having a boy when she had me and when they finally took my blood work before putting me on testosterone because they have to check up so you can handle the hormones and things like that um it came out that i had 10 times more testosterone in my body than a female should have had anyway and so i had to have checks done um, of my private parts because they said that i i was intersex because of that and uh so for me transitioning saved my life but for all these others who are transitioning because they think it will do the same. A lot of them are finding out the hard way and it's actually making things worse on them. They're trying to escape this depression and they're becoming more depressed because it's not rainbows and butterflies like it's being painted out. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it's a really, it, it's not an easy journey. There's, there's a lot of it mental part of it and, and the physical, you know, they didn't tell me when I started testosterone either that I'd get mood swings and that I'd, I'd, I'd feel angry a lot because before I started it, I was that female who, if I got upset about something, I'd, I'd normally go more towards the tears and the anger, started testosterone and it was like the Incredible Hulk. It, it was, and it, it's hard to, it's hard to um, grasp that in yourself too, because my friends would say, Matt, why are you acting like this? And, and, and I'd be embarrassed because I'd be like, what is this doing to me? They never tell you these kind of things. They tell you, you might get a bit of acne. They tell you that you might have a higher sex drive but they don't tell you that you can become a bit of a loose cannon i don't know if it was the same for you guys you guys but for it, me I it found def it. yeah it definitely changed how i have to process my feelings um because i mean i was never really a big crier before but since testosterone i, I very rarely have tears if I have tears, that's more for sentimental kind of reasons, mm -hmm. like, oh, such a cute puppy. And then, but, <laughs> yeah. but you know, for, for like things like frustration or sadness, it, it changed, right? So we have to kind of relearn how to, how to manage mm -hmm. our emotions. Yeah, I do think testosterone just, it just narrows the emotional range quite, quite a bit into just like yeah. frustration or anger. And like, <laughs> so I find that, yeah, my, uh, 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 ir it's like, it's closer to irritability, I guess. It's like little things just frustrate me that they, they wouldn't have frustrated me before. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also been pretty like emotionally, like 
reserved, I guess. I've, I've never been like a, an emotionally expressive um, person, but, and that, that's basically stayed the same. But yeah, when I do experience like real anger, I feel it physically. Like you're saying, like the Hulk feeling is like, I have to physically, like I'm not violent. I'm not going <laughs> to lash out on anybody, yeah, yeah. but like, it's, it's like a physical force you feel that I definitely didn't have that, uh, have that before, but no, that was not uh, brought up to me. My, uh, my endocrinologist kind of joked about having testosterone poisoning, which I think that's what he meant was like, like mm. what we can know is like toxic masculinity or something. I don't know, but that's, he basically made a joke about testosterone poisoning and that was it. That was the extent of the uh, uh, emotional education. It is a very powerful hormone. It really is. And obviously when you start testosterone, you essentially go through puberty all over again because the changes, um, the FTM way are, are very strong. You know, mm -hmm. the facial hair, your face changes, your jawline goes more masculine. You know, I, I remember before I started testosterone and if I, if I used to get called uh, misgendered in public or whatever, I'd be so confused because in your mind, you think you're already there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then when I look back at pictures now, I'm like, no <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I really did look like a female. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and these are all things that would be good to to kind of handle, you know, in the in the in the therapist appointments and whatnot. I didn't in in I transitioned as an adult in the U.S. didn't require any any therapy, but um, but for. Like, like Aaron, you've talked about this before, too, is like in, in Canada, you know, you had to have a, those, uh, you know, quite a bit of, of counseling and therapy beforehand. And, you, and to a lesser degree, it sounds like you did um, uh, when you were at the Tavistock, but that doesn't come up, right? The, 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 no. uh, the kind of social reality of, of transition and being regarded because um, you don't realize how kind of gendered you. Uh, people treat one another until you're on the other side of it. And it's like, Oh, wow, this is, there's actually a big difference here. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something that they don't ever, uh, ever, you know, bring up or, or kind of counsel people on. It really is. And uh, I mean, when I went to my first appointment, I was just so excited to be finally going to an appointment. This is the thing right. when, you, when you're trans and you first get told you're going to see a gender clinic, you're not thinking about the possible bad parts of it you're just thinking yeah you know so I got to my appointment and they, they pretty much asked me uh how do you feel and I was like well I felt like a, a boy since I was five years old she then said to me so do you know any of the side effects that can come from testosterone and I said uh oh, um my hips will move to my stomach so I've got to be quite active with that I said uh I might get a bit of acne and she was basically like, good to go. And I was thinking, you didn't even <laughs> I was like, hold on, that's not a psychiatric evaluation. That's basically just seeing if I think I want this and then giving me the get go. Like, they didn't ask me any questions about the seriousness of it. And I also find this, when they send you off for this one year as living as, as your gender after that, I think that's actually a really terrible way to find out if you, if you are, because you're basically just wearing the opposite gender's clothes at that point you're not feeling this hormone you're not actually living as that gender because you haven't got that hormone in your body so when they finally put you on testosterone after you've lived that one year it's a whole that's the real test that and you know you get a, you get some trans men who actually come off testosterone because they think it's too much for them i've seen that happen quite a lot of time there's a few that just say oh, it's, it's not for me whereas for me like I, I i wanted the facial hair you know i i remember i used to sit there on youtube uh searching up three months on tea six months on tea and just trying to see <laughs> what, what changes i would get at, at, at what point you know but they they aren't testing these things properly and 
the way it's being taught now with this whole gender being a social construct, there is a lot of tomboys who are now changing their gender and they're going to regret it. I've had so many women comment on my videos saying that when they were younger, they were tomboys. They got on with boys better. You know, they didn't really get on with girls and that they, they, they know that if they were raised in, mm-hmm. in this generation, mm-hmm. they probably would have made a mistake because they're now married with three children or, or, or whatever, you know? And this is what's frightening. There was actually a, a, a article put out by the New York Post, and it was from a study taken by, I believe it was the University of Cambridge in the UK. And they, they looked between 2009 and 2019. And between those years, there was a 1,000% increase in trans-identifying biological males and a 4,400% increase in trans-identifying biological females. And this just all boils down to the fact that being a girl growing up, puberty especially, is hard because you're told, right, you're going to have periods. One day you're probably going to have, you're going to pop a baby out. And when you're a kid, you're thinking, I don't want to do that. You know, that there's that. Then there's being a girl. Oh, you've got to have your hair nice. You've got to wear makeup. You've got to look a certain way. So a lot of girls have this body dysmorphia, which can lead to gender dysphoria because mm-hmm. they also find, you know, uh, so... I felt this way growing up. I hung around with boys because a lot of the girls in my school year were quite bitchy and, you know, they were quite mean girls. So I got on with guys better. And that also fits into that. And because we're now having these teachers, not all teachers, but teachers and and, and these uh, people who think they're progressive saying that, you know, if a boy likes girls things and girls like boy things, they're the opposite gender. We're eradicating tomboys. We're We're eradicating feminine men. And we're just causing them to make this huge drastic decision which might not have their best interest at heart and i'm sick of seeing all these detransitioning stories because my heart breaks for them especially chloe cole who was in the news recently you know Mm -hmm. she was put on testosterone and puberty blockers at 13 years old and given a mastectomy at 15 she now realized that she she wasn't a boy and she can't have kids she could get cancer she's got she's you know removed her breasts I don't want to see more and more stories of this because it actually makes me want to cry because we're also going to see a lot of children who are, who are going to detransition, who are going to resent their parents for the mm-hmm. rest of their life for enabling them to do this. And, and they're not going to trust medical institutions either. No, no yeah. they're going to become permanent um, medical patients on the system that damaged them in the first place. Yep. And it, it's, it's, it's really, really, really sad to see. And the worst part about the detransitioner stories is the, far left LGBTQ members are trying to silence them saying they don't speak for them. And they definitely should because they are victims of this. I've seen people attack Chloe Cole saying, how dare you use your story to speak for others? I'm sorry, but she is a victim. She's trying to stop you from she's 17 years say. old right now. Yeah. You know, like that's literally yeah. she's still young. Like it, it, it's it's really it's sad. And I just don't know how we got here. And I also feel sorry for some of the parents because not all of them are trying to be these woke progressives. Not all of them are. Some of them just really love their child. And the thing is, where they're being taught some of this stuff in school, Mm-hmm. think about it it's been the same all my life like I used to come home from school I tell my parents something and they think they learned something from me because the education had changed slightly well now kids are coming home and saying by the way there's a billion genders and the parents are going oh it must be true you know <laughs> it, it's being yeah. pushed in education which you know we're meant to be able to take education and, and and trust it we're meant to be taught things that are going to benefit us but now 
maths and English and stuff has gone out the window and now it's just gender ideology and all these other terrifying things that are going to cause a really messed up generation of adults. Look at Gen Z, they're already messed up. How are their kids going to be? Well, hopefully we, we, we knock this off before, yeah, their, hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> before their kids hit school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're, we're op- <laughs> We're optimistic it's going to come crumbling down pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it is like the, the damage being done to children in school and now because like, like I, uh, I say this that like Orwell in 1984 used the example of if you can't say two plus two equals four, then you like nothing else follows because mm-hmm. you couldn't rationalize people trying to pretend that male and female don't exist. You know, it's like we've gone way further than two plus two doesn't equal four or equals five or whatever that example was. We're saying that males and females don't exist. Like the basis of human biology and the basis of, of mammalian reproduction is, is, a, is a construct. And so kids are being taught this very like the most fundamental aspect of of life is is it doesn't exist it's not reality it's like so what what do you build on from there it's like I, that's just a, so destabilizing and so so damaging to teach to yeah we're talking about like six-year-olds like it's um, there's, but yeah like what we're teaching these these kids is is like how how, how do you come back from that you know when your earliest uh, earliest education is basically deconstructing reality well, yeah well, where do you go from there it, it's really scary because it's only going to get worse if you start from there. You know, you're confusing children from the start. You're by teaching this gender ideology stuff, you're causing children to think about things that they may ne- may not necessarily have been thinking of themselves, and therefore confusing them. I mean, like I said, I I knew when I was young. I don't know when you guys knew, but if you're gonna, if you are, you know, you just know, don't you? You know, you don't need someone to tell you. I told my mom. <laughs> you know, I felt a certain way, and I told her. But by bringing up these topics, pushing all this LGBTQ content on children, you are literally confusing them from the get go. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it's not going to help with acceptance. It's going to turn people away from it because parents are now at the point where they're seeing all this LGBTQ com- content being pushed at their children. And they're thinking that all of us as a collective support this. And that is not mm-hmm. true. Most of us do not. But like I said earlier, a lot of people are scared to voice their opinion about it because of how vile these people can be. I mean, they'll dox you. They'll do anything. You know, they will call you any name under the sun just because you don't agree with them. And they, they tried to come for Aaron's job last year. No, yeah. sorry no. to hear that. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that the, these people, they are horrible. I mean, the, the way I got outed as trans in the first place was I was doxed. This, this guy I used to do a podcast with literally... I don't even know how he found out about me because I I never told him because I didn't feel like I could. I must have had a little gut feeling or something. I don't know. But I never told him, but he somehow found out and he outed me on on a live to all his followers. And so I was forced into to coming out. But it in the long haul, it's been a blessing in disguise because if I hadn't have been doxxed, I don't know if I would have had the courage to come out on my own and it made me right you were kind of pushed into the pool he actually helped me do the work i need to do so it backfired on him (laughs) in a huge positive because now i'm a contributor of gays against groomers so it didn't (laughs) are you connected at all with other trans people i am i am and um you know i i get i get some people message me anonymously that are trans saying thank you because I, i can't do it but i've got a few people who i talk to who are open about it 
Uh, I recently had an incredible chat with Buck Angel. I love that guy so much. Um, I went on his, I went on his pod, and he actually said something that really, really broke my heart a little bit because I feel exactly the same. And he said that I never thought in a million years that I would get to a point in life where I have to start disclosing to people again my biological gender, but because of all these activists, I have to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I feel exactly the same, you know, like when, when we transition, like I just I just wanted to be left alone. I wanted to live my life and be happy, be happy in my skin and be happy as, as I am without going, oh, I'm trans, I'm trans. I, no, 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 no. You don't, you know, if you pass, you don't need to go declaring that kind of stuff because you just, you just look how you are. You just are who you are, you know? And um, now it's a matter of, yeah, I, I do have to turn around and say, yes, I'm a biological female because they are trying to eradicate biology and mm-hmm. we can't let that happen. So. We can't just be who we are now. We have to say, "Hi, oh, yeah, I am a man with a vagina." Like you know, it, it's it's a it's a sad it's a sad thing, and um, but it's necessary yeah. because we have to protect those children. It's funny when I'll get the, the the activists saying, you know, like, "Oh, if you if you say that you're you're a female, why don't you just go ahead and and detransition? You're obviously not a real trans man if you uh, acknowledge that you're female. Why do you yeah. do it?" I'm like, "I do it because you've made me do it. Like you made us do this. <laughs> like, we can't we can't uh, we can, yeah 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 can't justify going along with this bullshit any longer. And so I've got to kind of sacrifice my privacy and my um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah yeah to 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 combating it. Yeah. Yeah, they've said the same to me that I regret being trans. I said, if you'd listened to my video, I clearly stated I am comfortable as who I am. So where did you translate that to? I hate myself so much, therefore I'm attacking trans people. Like the, the thing about calling trans people transphobic as well is ridiculous because you hear stories of um, closet gay men who marry a woman, have children and things to deny that they are gay. So if you were transphobic, wouldn't you live a life of misery and deny yourself you wouldn't openly be trans if you were transphobic it is the most ridiculous thing but they're changing the meaning of every single word these days you know the definition of transphobic would mean that we would look in the mirror and scream like that that's what <laughs> that's what it literally means so i i don't know how we got here where people are saying words and not realizing how absolutely insane they sound like it comes out of their mouth and they actually think they're doing something <laughs> it's quite yeah. concerning it just goes yeah, because- to show how many how many trans identified people must not have gender dysphoria or, or something right because they can't tell the difference between being trans and this ideology that they've constructed which makes me yeah. wonder how much of their transness is just the ideology do they even have gender dysphoria i you know i don't think some of them do especially when i'm seeing things like i don't know if you've seen this account on tiktok but there's this I've brought her up in every pod I've done because I think people just need to know about this because it's just, it's shocking to me. She's got a TikTok account and she's got four children, okay? And they're all under 12 years old. And she is saying that they're all either trans or non-binary. And not only is she saying that, she puts them on the camera wearing the trans flag around their neck or the pride flag and gets them to talk about why they're trans. That it, Four children, four siblings cannot all be trans or non-binary. That is where it becomes a, a trend. And it is becoming a trend, you know, and I've, I've had parents message me as well saying their kids came up to them and both of them said they were trans. And then the parent asked them what that meant. They didn't know mm-hmm. it, it, because it's just being it's just become word vomit now. You know, it doesn't mean anything anymore. And it's mm-hmm. really sad for 
people like us who have felt this way our whole lives because it it almost makes our situation seem like it's not real as well because these right. people are just throwing these pronouns out of a hat and and you know the, the list of them i can't believe it if you go on tiktok and you go on the pronoun list it's things like xym and stuff what does that even mean i don't <laughs> like yeah random letters that have no meaning and it's it's really it's really sad you know i, I, I do like the sound of cake gender though i mean i i do cake really <laughs> i do really enjoy my sweets so maybe maybe i am I cake gender cake. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's 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 entirely uh it's entirely a religion so it's like it's like changing your pronouns or picking like niche pronouns the neo pronouns or whatever or just yeah saying you're non-binary saying you're trans it just it just means you that you you ascribe to this new worldview this political religious movement that's going on right now and an actual gender dysphoria actual you know uh transsexuality or whatever we used to call it it's it doesn't it's like an inconvenience to the actual movement is what it seems like now yeah it really is because you know it, it seems like i said earlier the more you pass the the less your your voice is heard and i'm so confused by that because when i transitioned the whole goal I thought we all have was to live yeah. in the opposite, you know, you know, live in that body and feel comfortable. So why? Because I have a beard and I pass as a male. Am I not allowed to speak on behalf of the community because I have passing privilege that I, I honestly believe it, it. All the stuff they say is nonsense. They just want to find an excuse to take away your voice. They yeah. will use anything they can. Mm -hmm. And they're really trying to eradicate women. I mean, there was this thing in uh, the news I saw about, I think he's non-binary, his name's Grant on TikTok. He wanted to join a sorority and rightly so he got turned down because he is not a female and he's not even trans, but they're having this big uproar about it. And I'm thinking, I know I'm not from America, but I've always known that fraternities are for men and sororities are for women. So who does he even think he is to think he has a, a say? Because he would have taken an actual female's place in that sorority. I don't think they would have been very happy about that. And also, do do these? He, he said he wants to take part in sisterhood. Um, do these sisters really want a man in their dorm with them? You know that, that there's privacy in things, and I just think this stuff is just. How did we get to a point where people are thinking they have an argument in these situations? There's well, and it's 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 also like when we thought think about say say males in in the in the women's prison, it's like what male wouldn't want to be moved from the men's prison to the women's prison, even not just for nefarious reasons, but because it's a lot safer, you know. Exactly. And then, but then with the sorority thing, it's like what college dude wouldn't want to be in the sorority? Well, other than the gay ones, you know, like obviously, like this, if you can take advantage of this ridiculous ideology, then, yeah. you know, who's not going to? Like the guy so, here in Canada, one province over, he uh, he's not trans, he's not transitioning, but he realized that he can get a cheaper um, car insurance rate if he is legally <laughs> female. So he, so he self-ID'd as female, got his ID changed and now has the benefit of- rate dropped. Yeah. <laughs> It's excellent. It, it, I, I think more people really just mad. keep doing this stuff. Just keep taking advantage of the system and show how ridiculous the system is. Yeah, they, they need to. But at the same time, like the stuff that's being taken seriously, like all of this stuff with with sports as well is I know for a fact that being a trans man, that 
I wouldn't be able to compete in men's sports because even though I'm on testosterone, I still don't have the, the, the right body mass and things as a biological male. And I also know that I couldn't still compete in women's sports because that testosterone would give me an advantage. So the fact we're letting people like Leah Thomas, you know, she, I think I saw that she in the men's swimming 500th, absolutely right. terrible score. And then one of the best in the world as a female. You know what right. I mean? Because like, she's two feet people... taller than all the other competitors. <laughs> <laughs> how can people not see what is going on here? How can they literally defend this madness? Because it is like, they even admitted that they, they did Photoshop on Leah Thomas's pictures because she wasn't even trying to present herself as a female there. She just had long hair. They're not even making an effort anymore, you know? And, and that the thing that really got me as well was that ad for Crayola. They, this is a mainly a company that's mainly protected towards children. Children love crayons and stuff like that, you know. And they've they've got this person on there who they're saying is a trans man. Did you see it? That was not I a saw trans that. man. It, it was basically like Kim Kardashian with a beard. That that, that, <laughs> that, 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 that was not a trans man. Like, how can you call yourself trans a uh, trans man when you've got this long hair and you're wearing women's clothes like this? You know, I find that insulting to, to trans men. You know, because we actually have gone through all of this stuff to to pass as our gender. And then we've got people making a mockery of us and then using those people as the propped up on the pedestal for the community. Right. And that's and that's where you get the 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 accusations of having like passing privilege and whatnot is because that's what they're thinking of as a trans person is somebody who like I described it to somebody that I met who was in 2017 when I kind of got wind of the whole uh, the, the, the transition to be trans thing. And I was explaining it's like for me, it was like I crossed a bridge. The intention was to cross this bridge. And for you is like to just stand in the middle of the bridge. It's like and <laughs> and anybody on either side is apparently immoral, essentially, is is the worldview is like if you don't if you don't look trans then you're then you're doing trans wrong yeah, <laughs> that, that, yeah. It, it literally looks like that now it, it's it's absolute insanity and i'm finding a lot of these there's a huge rise in people who are angry towards mainly trans people and it's because the trans activists are the absolute worst out of all of them that is taking place right now. And that's really sad for people like us as well to see, because it's like, we aren't all, we're not like that. We're not all like that. And um, those ones are being propped on pedestals and they're the ones who are getting their voices out and pushing all this stuff. And honestly, I truly believe the, the trans, the trans people who are supportive of this gender reassignment in children, they are the ones still holding on to that victim mentality of what they felt when they were younger. They haven't, matured since then and realized why it was a bad idea back then they're just thinking well i wanted to transition when i was 12 so other people should be able to no there's this is this is much bigger than your feelings your you know facts don't count when it comes to feelings your feelings don't matter this is about what is right and wrong and mutilating children is wrong and i don't know how people aren't all coming to agreement on on that because surely it's common sense I thought one of the things that would have been happy, um, that would have been helpful in my transition is a lot more, because I definitely wanted to, to do the transsexual thing. I was definitely wanting to be a, a man and live my life as, as a man, which you're right. I mean, now it, they call it passing privilege and that somehow that's, that's a, a wrong goal that we're, we're supposed to all kind of wear trans as a, as a badge and, and, you know, 
where am I going with this? Um, so that, that, that I, yeah, so I felt I felt like I could have used a lot more support because you are going through another puberty. You're re relearning some some social cues and social skills. I would have appreciated a lot more support to do that successfully, so that you had a you know a safe, stable, knowledgeable person to ask those questions. It's like, hey, I'm experiencing this situation, or I don't know how to approach women in bars because I didn't go through a puberty along with male peers to kind of learn how to do those those kinds of things. So I feel like the activists are, are trying to get people, I feel like their solution to that is to get people to transition young enough that they go through those developmental milestones with their peers. But that's not the only way to achieve that. And, and, and doing and, and transitioning people younger has caused a lot of problems and, and is potentially hurting thousands of kids. Mm -hmm. I would like to see fewer people transition and transitioning for the right reasons through a careful process, but more comprehensive services for those that do transition to really support people with all of those psychological and, and social um, complicate, you know, difficulties and, and confusing situations that we, we tend to go to. But I find that because of the activists, they don't, they don't value that process of just learning to be a man in the world or learning to be a woman in the world, you know, to the best of our ability. Obviously, I don't believe in literal sex change, but um, they don't see that as a valuable goal. And I remember even when I transitioned in 2006 and I was part of forums to support trans people, having conversations like, because uh, there was somebody that posted on there something about how their doctor had made a, just kind of slapped them on the, on the shoulder and said, hey, lay off the burgers. You know, or some some such thing, and they said so. The group, um, this was like a, one of those old school listservs back in the day, and people on there were were getting really hot under the collar, saying, "Well, that doctor is really fat phobic, and we should we should do, do a red letter writing campaign and really put that doctor in their place." And I, I said, "Well, has it occurred to you that he's just treating you like a dude? Because that's how guys talk to one another, yeah, right?" And and that hadn't even occurred to them. And the moderator of that group was really big into queer theory, shut down the conversation and said, I'm, I will not allow this kind of cis heteronormative bullshit on this list. We're not gonna talk about that. So anyone on that list, cause then there were, there were young people on the, on the list who said, well, actually this conversation is really helpful because I'm trying to learn how to be a man and, and engage with other men in the world. It's helpful for me to learn because chances are a doctor would never do that to one of the female patients, mm -hmm. right? Slap mm -hmm. her on the shoulder yeah. and say, lay off the burgers, you're, you're getting fat. Like you would never, there are things that, that are, that are said to men that you would never say to women. And, and we Absolutely. don't always pick, pick up on that because we weren't socialized, <clears throat> excuse me, we weren't socialized as men. So, right. so if we're not allowed to have that conversation, then we're not well supported through this process to figure those things out. We end up figuring it all out on our own. I agree with you completely because a similar thing happened to me. You know, when you start your transition, you don't realize that once you start passing, people are going to see you as that gender and therefore they're going to treat you how they would normally that gender. And when I wasn't passing so much at the start, I noticed like men were a bit softer towards me, even though I was identifying as a man and, 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 and women were, were different towards me as well. And then when I first started really passing, I got a job at a leisure center and, I was working with some really laddie lads and they had no idea I was trans and 
that's when I first realized how different men treat men because, you know, they were punching me in the arm playfully. They were farting in front of me. They were doing all these, all these like really, really laddie lad things that they would not have done in front of me if they'd have known that, like, you know, that I was a biological female or whatever. And they actually found out near the end of working with me and they, they accepted me completely. They were so great, but I could tell that they were being slightly more gentle towards me, you know, <laughs> that, that if you do get treated differently, you really, really do. Yeah. Which can be very confusing and, and sometimes, <laughs> yeah. And sometimes frightening. I, I mean, I don't, I definitely experienced homophobia before I transitioned, but when you start passing as male, the number of times where I felt like I really questioned, am I in some physical danger here? Because mm -hmm. men are far more likely to knock out another guy than they are a female. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I, I have struggled with all the feminists on is, is they're basically saying how, you know, men just abuse women all the time. And it's like uh, men, men abuse each other much more than they than they abuse women. And uh, yeah, there was there is a fear like that. Um, uh, on one hand, when you transition um, and you're, you're, you know, passing as male, there's uh, there's less of a fear of like um, uh, sexual assault or things like that. But there's much greater concern of just, you know, getting mugged or getting randomly uh, getting into a fight. You look at somebody wrong. It's like this is not something that women have to worry about. And yep. suddenly you got you got to worry about like uh, yeah, how close you are to somebody. You know, yep. it's like it's very different. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be so careful. And sometimes like wh where I lived, you know, I didn't transition to, like I said, I didn't start teaching. I was 26. I lived most of my life as a female. So when I have these encounters and I realize someone looks at me like, oh, you know, like I, I don't realize I'm like, whoa, it's because, you know, it, it it is. You have to be, you have to act a certain way. You have to be different because they're not going to perceive you how they did before the testosterone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and who who tells you like don't make eye contact in the men's bathrooms? Or unfortunately, I didn't make that mistake. But you know, it's just all these really subtle things that you don't know until you're there. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a a learning thing. It really is. Um, the, the bathroom, especially, like I, I find that you know if you go to a bar or something the chance of you go into the bathroom sometimes isn't even there because the, the one cubicle they've got has no door on it or something, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, oh no. And like before, before I started tea, you know, when I still looked, looked feminine, I, I made the most of that for a while because I, you know, I could just use the bathroom because I didn't look like a man. So I couldn't have gone in the men's anyway. But when I, when I started passing, I was like, right, I have to do it. And that was a whole different experience. <laughs> Their <laughs> bathrooms are very different as well. <laughs> And def never better. No, no. <laughs> uh, girls like to hang out in their bathrooms because they smell nice in there. The, the, the men ones, you just want to get out as soon as you can. <laughs> I've never noticed that big of a difference between the men's bathroom and the in the women's bathroom, um, except like when I first, the, one of the first men's rooms I used early on in my transition was at this dive bar, and they did have a stall in there, but primarily what it was is one wall was just this bathtub that was the <laughs> urinal. So like. <laughs> You have three dudes just pissing into the same bathtub and I was like this is this is a different world yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> only encountered that once though <laughs> this is wild got on the got on the bathroom tangent now now where do we yeah, go the <laughs> yeah, <it's perfect. laughs> 
but what you're saying before, like being in that in that uh, more laddie work environment, and you're like in like you know like shoulder punched and stuff like that, is that yeah, was one yeah. thing that I didn't expect that kind of took me by surprise, and I'm not really a fan of. And I said this before, and people are like, "Well, that's not right." Is that men touch each other a lot more than women touch each other, and they do, they but do. but it's in but it's in yeah it's in that way where it's like a, a back slap or a you know like a there's just or, or all the all the different like handshakes like like it changes depending on who it is or the content. I'm like I can't keep up with all these like is it a fist bump is it a what hug like and I don't know <laughs> the way those guys found out I was trans is hilarious right they okay they used, they used to punch each other in the balls and they, <laughs> they tried to punch me and there was nothing there so I had to tell them <laughs> they wondered why it didn't hurt and I was like okay you've probably already guessed because you wouldn't have done that unless you kind of knew <laughs> I, was like, right, right. I was like they must have been trying to find out but yeah they used to do it all the time and I was like okay yeah I don't have one <laughs> so you said that the uh, gaze against groomers is growing really quickly um and it is called gaze against groomers not trans people against groomers but are there many trans people in the organization yeah there's um there's a few of us right now. There's me, there's Buck Angel, there's Blair White, and we've got Sarah Higdon as well. Oh, good. Um, yeah, we've we've got people joining. It's, it's really, really great to see. And I think it's important as well to have the trans people because, yeah. where, like I said earlier, people are kind of going more towards the LGB because of these radical trans activists. So it's so important for people to know that there are trans people who are saying, no, this does not represent us. I mean... Blair does some amazing stuff. She she's incredible. She takes a lot of heat. Buck, you know, he's been. I used to watch his videos before I transitioned. I always looked up to him, you know. And he's doing some amazing stuff. And they've started. You know, he was one of the. When I think of him, I think of one of the most famous trans men to ever live. Like I've I've always known him as that as that person. And so for these uh, LGBTQ community to turn around to him and say that he doesn't speak for them, I'm thinking what are you talking about? He's one of the ones who was pushing for you to have your voice. Mm -hmm. Like this guy has done, they asked him what he's done for the community. What an insult. (laughs) (laughs) He's done loads. (laughs) Yeah, because it's all, it's all about just denying, denying reality now. And so if you're not doing that, then, then you're a detriment uh, uh, to the cause. And because Buck has such a, such a, such a, um, a platform, he just gets shit on, as does Blair White for the same same exact reason. We attended a U.S. PATH meeting with Buck, um, you know, because I think the, the individual that invited us probably wanted a more balanced conversation. But after the meeting, we were told that um, certain certain individuals that were there would not be invited back to the next one, meaning Buck. Uh, it's like U.S. PATH. He was raising is- questions about children transitioning. Yeah, and they didn't yeah. like it. They didn't, they didn't like it. it. So even US Path, who represents supposed to represent all trans people, not just the trans people that agree with them on every point. It's disgusting, you know. It, it, you know, you, you've seen how gays against groomers. We've been deplatformed from from Twitter and Links Tree took us down and things as well. You, you you've seen all that. Like it, it just goes to show that these people don't care about the lgbtq community at all they they really don't what they care about is the members who are pushing their agenda that is all they care about because if not people like us would be allowed to have our voice and say what we believe represents us and what doesn't but instead we're called 
horrible, evil people when I thought saving kids was a good thing. <laughs> We're living in a very backwards world where everything's the opposite. Yeah. Well, and it's just so, so bizarre to me that, that they don't have the foresight to see where this is going, to see the damage that they're doing. Like, like how, how unsustainable, not only their ideas, but their tactics are. It's like you were driving this thing off a cliff. Like, how do you not, how do you not see that? And then <laughs> another thing is like when they come for the detransitioners and say that they were never trans or accuse them of faking being trans, but then those same people, when, you know, you, somebody asks, are they trans? We're like, well, yeah, absolutely. You're trans, you know, cis people don't question their gender. And so it's like, like to not see how these are completely unsustainable ways of thinking about this and just how obviously dangerous it is. Like, do you not have a long game? Like what? I, I wonder what they're thinking. Like, I don't get it. I want to understand. And I just can't, I can't fathom what they're thinking. It's best not to try to, to try to uh, imagine how insane people think. <laughs> Very true. But it, there's it so many of them. They can't just be the same, you know, uh, I don't know. The more I try to understand, the more it fries my brain than I regret even trying because you just can't come to a justification for all of this, you know, like, how can, especially when it comes to the hysterectomy that Boston's Children's Hospital is doing on, on children. Now, I, when I made a video about that, I had so many women message me shocked because they were told they couldn't even have one because hysterectomies are dangerous. But kids, oh, don't worry, we'll do it for you right now. Yep. What? Yep. I, I was half serious after there was this woman, she was like in her early thirties, I want to say, or late twenties. She had like terrible um, uh, menstrual cramps and just like was constantly in pain and wanted a hysterectomy, but couldn't get one. I was like, just tell me of gender dysphoria. Like, just yeah. oh, <laughs> just yeah. say you've got gender dysphoria and there we go. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be straight in. Get it Woo! done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. it's, it's rotten. You know, I, I was joking in the, with the gays against groomers other members earlier in the group chat, because obviously, you know, they've got this thing now in California, where if you're trans you'll get given an allowance <laughs> they, just, they just give you an allowance just because you're trans and and then i saw uh they were saying there's this thing now where where people are uh, trans identifying as different nationalities and i went okay well i'm going to speed up my immigration yep. i am now i'm now trans american and i'm going to go live in california and get an allowance <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> speed yeah. it up yeah, like legislators making these making these decisions. It's like, how do you not see where this is going? It's like the prison thing, getting an allowance, like cheaper car, like like the, the incentives are all around you. And then not only that, but then for young people, the the incentive to have a marginalized identity. That's what a lot of people don't understand. Is like lo, low is up in this in this hierarchy. So it's like the more. The, the more marginalized or oppressed or whatever the situation like the, the that's that's actually social currency that's that's a benefit and so a lot of you know especially like heterosexual white girls or even boys too now it seems to me in, in growing numbers are are you know non-binary or trans or whatever it's because that's how you like you were saying get a voice if you're yep. you know if you're you know the evil cishet oppressor you know sit down shut up and yeah all, all you've got to yeah. do is change your pronouns oh, yeah. and then yeah. Well, I was talking about something else in the group chat earlier. Um, I I mentioned how so a few a few years ago, 
I auditioned for the X Factor. And before you get to um, the main judges, you have three auditions with TV producers before that. And so I got through my first one and I, and I went to the next one and went to the third one. And at the third one, they told me that uh, when the audition would, would start, before they gave me my form to fill out my details, they told me that if they liked me when I was in there, I'd get made to do a second song and so on and so forth. Anyway, I get given the, the form to fill out. And the first question says, has anything tragic ever happened to you in your life? So not who are you? What's your background? Has anything tragic happened to you? I then had to obviously mark that I was trans because it says about gender and they would have outed me on TV if I got through anyway. So I had to put that. I get into my audition and the woman turns around to me. She reads my application. And she goes, oh, we've never had an openly trans contestant before. And so I'm, I'm already, the cogs are going in my head and I'm thinking, oh no, I'm going to be the novelty tranny on the X Factor. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's what they're thinking right now. That's what they're thinking. So I sing my first song and she goes, wonderful. Second song, please. Right. So I'm like, oh, I've got to this point. And she turns around to me. She tells me how amazing my audition was. And, 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 like she, and I was like, I'm, I'm through, I'm through. That show never happened in the end because they cancelled it that year for a celebrity edition. I'm glad because I could see where it was going. They were basically telling me that I was going to be on that show because I was trans. And they wanted to look good to the LGBTQ community, didn't they? Oh, look, we're, we've got a trans person. Look how amazing we are. And the one thing I've never wanted, like I said earlier, I, I don't like being labelled. So that would have really been a bad thing for me. But that is how willing they are to do this stuff. They, they don't care about what you, like be, you being trans or whatever in general. What they care about is what they can get out of you because of what you are. Yeah. yeah it's, Which it, is it, insulting. In that regards, yeah. like a unique, unique human history, a unique, what is it, human, um, uh, that all these, all these reality TV shows are going for is like some, some human interest piece that they can throw in, which yep. to me is why I hate reality TV. If it was just about the thing they were, everybody was trying to do, great. But it's like the whole sob story it's, shit so it's like, pure exploiting you know I, yeah. I knew i knew when i went into that room that they didn't care if i could sing or if my music was good all they cared about was what they could see in front of them they were like that's a trans man that's gonna get our ratings up because we've got a trans but no <laughs> <laughs> i am not gonna be the novelty trans that is not what i'm here for i'm just matt doing my thing <laughs> which would make me kind of second guess like was I actually good enough to right, earn right. this? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt cheap. It felt like even though all these other people were waiting to audition, I was going to get, I actually had a mum say something when, when I was in the waiting queue, when someone mentioned that I was trans, I heard a mum say to her daughter, well, you're screwed then. See, this is the thing people know. They know how it is. And I was like, I was like, that, that made me feel worse. I was like, you're so right. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not being thought of as my music right now. When I go in that room, they're just going to go, LGBTQ. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Which just increases the resentment towards us. Yeah, so it does. Our, our it allies does. are sometimes the worst, right, to driving resentment. Well, it would have looked as well on my behalf, like I was I was using the fact that I was trans to get on the show, and that, that wasn't the case at all. So when it got cancelled, when they, when they started doing a celebrity edition instead, I, I was so relieved because I, I had to sign forms also on that day, um, saying from that moment Simon Cowell owned me for two years, even though I hadn't even met him yet. I hadn't even met him yet, but 
you have to sign a thing saying he owns you. So let's say um, X Factor didn't work out, but someone else wanted to sign me. He could have then said no as well. So they really have control over you. So qu- that was on the first audition I had to sign that. I didn't wow. even know if I was going to get through it, but he owned me for two years. And it also states in, 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 in it that um, you have to sign a, a box that says that they're allowed to fabricate footage they have of you to make a storyline. It literally says you have to agree to that. So they could paint you in any light they want. You have to agree to it before they even see you. Wow. Yeah, because you're definitely, you're not a human. You're just like kind of content. Yeah. Orchestrate. Interesting. You're you're just an object to them that they can just exploit you. That's all it is. Wow. Well, what's next for you? Uh... Well, with Gays Against Groomers, we're, we're planning to actually get boots on the ground and actually do some protests. Um, I think we're talking of doing it in blue states as well, because they're the ones who are saying this stuff isn't happening. They're the ones who is. We've been accused of being a, a group of straight white males. OK, so when we actually get out in the street and they see how many people actually support us, I think that's going to be so impactful. Um we're working on other events as well there's talks of us doing um a festival later in the year conservative ant was talking to us about it and possibility of us appearing um with turning point usa next year as well um at the uh at the event in in florida there was a talk of that um so we've got a lot of things planned and and we're really excited for where the coalition goes that the support's been amazing and more people are, are are getting the courage to speak up because of it. I think that's great. I'm really I'm really excited for where it's going to go. It's so nice to see so many people who care mm-hmm. and who and who care for the children because they can't speak up for themselves. You know, they, they don't understand what's happening to them because yeah. they're being taught this stuff, so they don't know it's wrong. They've never learned anything different, so they're consuming all of this garbage disinformation and. Their poor little, their poor little brains are just being so muddled up and confused, and so it's so important for for people like us to be good role models for them and to speak up for them because there's people like Jeffrey Marsh who should not be considered a role model for children at all. Yeah, I hear from so many uh, parents typically um, who basically say, you know, I'm I've always been a supporter of, you know, LGBTQ, but this stuff that they're teaching in my kid's school, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem right. It's like, no, it's, it's not right. And so I think a lot of people, they, they've got this, this dissonance between, I've always been a good liberal who supported, you know, same-sex marriage and, you know, trans people and all this stuff. And then, but they, they think because of this identity understanding of themselves, they can't say it's wrong to teach children there's no such thing as boys and girls. Like they, they can't seem to separate those two things. It, it's a package deal, which is politically mess like political messaging wise. It was it was clever on the activist mm-hmm, part, mm-hmm. but it's it's doing some some real damage when people yeah. won't allow themselves to disentangle all that nonsense. Absolutely, it, it it's it's crazy, you know, how this is even being considered a political issue. How is protecting children from mutilating their bodies anything to do with politics? It it actually fries my brain. Like I speak up and I say like that my top surgery didn't go great, and I say how much worse it could have been on a child, and I get told I'm spewing far right rhetoric. Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. Mm-hmm. it's yeah, 
or yeah. you know protecting kids from pedophiles that have yes. infiltrated the LGBT. Yeah, it's you know, I, I made a video yesterday showing that um, presentation, the te the TEDx talk from twenty eighteen, where she stood there and said that pedophilia is 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 a sexual orientation just like heterosexuality. And we're seeing like uh, we're seeing that agenda come into play now because it's being pushed. You know, I saw a tweet about a month ago. Someone actually tweeted that we'll soon be living in the days where um, the bad stigma of paedophilia will be a thing of the past and they'll be able to express themselves openly. And I commented saying, as long as people like me are around, that ain't going to happen, mate. <laughs> I was like, you are never going to ever make it's, that okay it's been a concerted effort for what like since the 70s i want to say which i think is around the same time that social consciousness started going wait you know what it's wrong to sexually you know abuse children and something that was kind of hush hushed and since since it's been like a political you know issue to um to combat those behaviors around the same time it seems like there's been like them trying to pe trying to attach themselves to like different sexuality rights and i think that's going to continue to happen it's going to be a constant a constant struggle unfortunately i think so too and you know i feel really sorry for the gays like carol who fought so hard for their rights because you know the gay community were warned about this a long time ago when they fought right. for their rights they were told that eventually it could lead to this area of complete depravity and at the time it was laughable like that's not going to happen but it, but it did it mm -hmm. has happened and they are using the community as a shield pedophiles are literally hiding within the community and they're protected they are a protected group look look the fact that we got removed from twitter for hateful rhetoric when there is actual child porn on twitter that gets to stay up shows exactly that these like corporations are pro grooming and pro pedophile and it's it's just really really devastating because children are innocent and they they need protecting more than ever right now because these this conditioning is coming in all different ways you know it's it's not just gender ideology, it's critical race theory as well, like all these things that are just being shoved down their throat. And a lot of these kids have trauma because of these things. They're going to school and they're being told to hate themselves, basically. They're being to told to hate who they are. And that is why, as well, I believe we have this massive increase in uh, youth with body dysmorphia or gender dysphoria. And it's because of our society as well. You know, look at magazines. They're a celebrity's got a, a, a crinkle on their their elbow or something and they point it out as being ugly so th these 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 youth are, are growing up in this this kind of society and they're so insecure about everything and they all just want to escape from who they are they're not being told that they're perfect how they are they they're not being told that growing up can be tough but it's going to be okay you just got to ride it out they're just having sh extremes shoved down their throat and it needs to stop and we will not stop fighting until it does. Yeah. It's a really, really tough time to be, to be a kid. Like, the, yeah, not even just what's going on in schools, but in social media and the, the inundation of porn, like all, you know, like that so easily accessible and it's so, it's so violent and just 
yeah, awful. And, and that's another reason why I think so many girls are, you know, thinking they want to be men because they don't want to be a sex object, you know, which is what the, the kind of porn, um, uh, it's not even just the industry. It's just kind of like the pornification of, of, of society, really. It seems that it, it, in an ironic way with like all the, you know, the strides of Me Too and, and feminism in general, it's like, it's like the, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an oddly misogynistic uh, period we're living through as well where um, yeah you can understand why a lot of girls want to uh, escape um, being girls and um, and not even then it's not even that they want to be men it's like they want they just want to escape um, being girls and I think obviously you know in the past we've been you know there's been much more um, uh, much more misogyny and it was, you know, probably even, you know, much less desirable to be a girl, but they didn't have the option to opt out. It's like now the option is just dangled right in yeah. front of you and, and a lot of them are taking it. Definitely. I mean, when I first started transitioning, it was really kind of unheard of when it came to the female to male way round there was a lot more male to females you know when when i when i came out people would go oh, i've never met a female to male before mm -hmm. and now it's just rapidly increasing you know? yeah we're, we're by far the majority now we are now but before we weren't before it was mostly male male to female and now i reckon within the next five years it's definitely gonna surpass the male to females hugely because all these tomboys that are being told that they're not tomboys <laughs> oh dear it's, it's, it's was one of one of the many things that was laughable about jack jack turban's latest uh, paper where he's trying to discredit the idea that there's been that sex ratio flip so we can all see it like Maybe you're new, Jack, but some of us have been <laughs> around here for a while and, and we could see with our own eyes that there were very few FDMs around 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I honestly think that a lot of people were just going around like this. Yeah, they're, they're, they're refusing to see what's in front of them. You know, like it was in the news about how uh, evil Rachel Levine had like said she wanted to empower children with the sex reassignment surgery. Like that was literally on the news when I had people messaging me going, nobody's transitioning kids. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Like there, there, there's literal pictures of it, you know, you, you send a picture. No, no. And then when it came to Chloe Cole, they were like, oh, well, she went private. What difference does that make? You know, the, pri the whole going private thing is worse because I, so I went through the NHS when I, when I had my transition and my cousin um, also came out as a, a trans man, but went private expedition straight onto team. Mm. Oh, if you've got the money, they won't even care about your psychology. They'll just go, ka-ching, sure, have some yep. hormones. Literally, he was put straight, what I had to wait a year and a half for, he was on in, after one appointment, a couple of months. It's, yep. a, it's like a fast track service if you've yep. got the money, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, that's like in the U.S. All our health care is is for profit. And so mm -hmm. I think that's another reason why there people don't want to closely examine what's going on here because it's a cash cow. So that's, they don't care about you. They care about the paycheck they're going to get later. I, I, you know, I had similar situations in, in, in the U.K. as a teenager when it came to my mental health. Like 
I was going through a lot. I, I was living with a secret. Like I hadn't come out. So, you know, I felt like I was in the wrong body and stuff. So I was, I was upset. And I literally went to my doctor and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling a, a little bit depressed. Like, and, and I don't know how I can make myself feel better. And I wasn't given any like wellness tips or anything. I was sent to a mental health place. And after my first appointment there, I was told I had schizophrenia. I was thinking, hold on, that's a bit, that's a bit extreme. But I went away with it and I told I told my mom and stuff and, and I was like, okay. So anyway, things got a bit better and, and then I got depressed again. I went to the doctor, got sent to the same place. You have bipolar. I was like, wait a minute, you told me I had schizophrenia and now you're telling me I've got bipolar when I'm literally just, an, I'm, I'm just going through some stuff. I'm feeling down. They you're then an adolescent, me- right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, I, I think again, go away. And then a couple of years later, the same things happen. I'm a bit down. I, I go again. You've got borderline personality disorder. I was like, I'm collecting mental illnesses at this point. Like, I, I've got a whole set. Like, I can trade these. Like, you know, like, it, you can put them all in your Twitter bio now. Yeah, literally. They, they were giving me, they were diagnosing me, like, giving me Pokemon cards, you know, just flashing them out. Like, it was, it was really, really bad. And as soon as I, started dealing with my transition because like i said it did save my life in my case it did as soon as i started testosterone never had depression again since like i was just a troubled kid who just needed to be comfortable in my own skin that was all i had to be but no schizophrenia bipolar borderline this is the thing when it comes to mental health as well where it's not a physical thing these people can just pull anything out of the bag yeah. and give yeah. you that title because they're paid to give you that title. And I, I remember being prescribed at one point um, antidepressants and antipsychotics for a mental illness I didn't even have. And I was even more depressed on them because they made me feel brain dead. I literally, my friends would be around me and I couldn't even function. I was just like, like literally numb to everything. And that made me worse. So, you know, I, I've had friends since then be like, oh, I, want, I need some antidepressant. But no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Like, they they don't make you better. They, they don't. Like, not in my case. It didn't anyway. They made me so much more depressed. It literally is just a cash grab, all of it. Yeah, I think there's, there's different, like... Yeah, there's different different kinds of antidepressants, and I think for some people they do work. For other people, they just make it make it worse. I tried. I took one like at the start of COVID. I want to say I was kind of getting <clears throat> getting a bit uh, depressed, and it just made me feel completely like out of sorts. It didn't relieve the the kind of which was yeah. it's, it's, it's certain time times in your life, certain environmental things are going on, and it's completely normal to feel you know really kind of chronically down. But like you kind of change things in your life that can make it make it better. I mean, this is this is not mental health advice. Sorry, anybody, but mm-hmm. I just meant like like for for a lot of people who are having like um, like situational depression rather than chronic depression, it's like it's environmental things. If it's, it's a situation that inspired that that caused this, you know, you can change the situation and it'll likely relieve, um, you know, the the, the symptoms. Um, yeah, no, like chronic depression is, is not is not you know not going to be taken care of by a daily walk. But for me, like going out and having a barbecue with my friends and taking a walk every day improved my mood dramatically. Like it's just, you know, sometimes it's as, it's as simple as that, but there's no money to be made and, you know, take up tennis, you know? <laughs> so it, it can be so simply resolved, but the thing is we're living in a society as well, where we're so caught up in our phones and stuff yeah. like that, that we've forgotten how to have a good time away from technology. You know, 
I, I remember being a kid and hanging out with my friends after school on the field and we'd have our bikes and stuff. You don't see kids do that really anymore. No. Like, I, I see the youth of today hanging out with their friends, but they don't even talk to each other. They just sit on their phone next to each other. And that is so sad to see as well, because people don't know how to socialize anymore. That Everyone yeah. is so reliant on technology that no one thinks to go out for a walk and get some fresh air or or other things that people used to do to pass the time instead i you know what if the internet does go down one day i dread to think how people are going to act because they are so dependent on the internet yeah it's like when our youngest you know he's really into video games so he'll be in his room by himself for like days at a time and we'll say go hang out with your friends and he's like i am they're all playing the game with me because it's all connected to the internet so they can just play internet and chat with each other while they play and they don't even have to leave their bedroom. But it's, it's not, it's not the same thing. We, you know, in the moment it kind of feels like, like you're being like, like this, it's like, you know, feels like you're hanging yeah. out and having a conversation with friends, but in reality you're physically on your, you're alone. Right. And, and I think, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously going to be doing things later, but I mean, like this is an example is like, it feels social, but yeah. in our actual base psychology, it's not, it's not fulfilling the same, uh, you know, the same social need that we have. Um, but it feels like we are, we're basically, you know, and we're like engaging with uh, social social media text it feels like you're 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 socializing but as far as that actual human need to socialize it's not being fulfilled and so we're making a, we're making it much worse for ourselves because we think we're solving like a loneliness need but we're not and so i think i think a lot of people are are basically yeah trying to solve the problem but making the problem worse i think social media uh, kind of does that for us because yeah it makes it, it's like the it's like a proxy of socialization mm-hmm. but further actually isolates people yeah, we're we're unknowingly in a mental prison. That's why it's called a cell phone. You know? yeah. <laughs> That's why it's called it because you're literally in a mental prison, but you don't realize because it looks so great. There's so much you can do. Oh, I can watch videos on this. Oh, I can browse my favorite social media. I can do all this stuff, but really, it's just nothing. You. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. you, you know, yeah. doing all these things. But there has been benefits. You know, it is great that people like us are able to come together and talk like people right. that you wouldn't normally meet and you could get your voices out. It is great for that, but it's definitely been used for the wrong reasons and it's taking a dark turn. You know, it, it's going mm-hmm. beyond that now. It's it's literally become an obsession with people. Like it's 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 taking up everyone's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a lot of people just don't talk anymore or do family things anymore because they'd rather sit on their phone and scroll through TikTok. Mm-hmm. And the expectations for an immediate response, you know, like when, when phones were something that hung on your wall and you had a, and you had a, you know, a little box beside it that recorded messages. If you weren't available, people didn't expect you to call back or necessarily yep. to answer it right away. And they didn't expect you to call back right away. But now man, you take five, 10 minutes to respond to a text. People are mad. Oh yeah, yeah. I can tell you read it because it says it read it. <laughs> yeah, they they assume you're ghosting them, but it's because most people have their phone in their hand twenty four seven, so they think they're being ignored. But it's like no, some people just actually do have a life, and they actually like to get out. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a conversation with somebody, and it would be rude to stop that conversation to answer my right. phone. 
Yeah, like for us, it's easy to say because we we grew up. I mean, Matt, you're a bit younger than than me, um, but it sounds like you didn't have a very online uh, childhood. Whereas most kids now, it's like they're they're yeah. a lot of their adolescence occurs entirely online, and that's something that none of us had to deal with. And I think that's going to have a and you know we're we're mentally impacted by um, by this stuff as adults, but like kids, it's just so much so much worse. And I think a lot of adults. Again, when like when we talk about the trans thing, they don't understand what's going on online for these kids, and that their lives essentially result revolve around their online identity labels, and then they're trying to manifest that medically in the real world, and the doctors treating it just don't understand that that's what's going on, and so there's a big disconnect from how teenagers live, and then how the adults who treat the results of <laughs> that that online life um, understand it. Um, yeah, and we need to fix that pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. It's it's really getting out of control. And the other thing as well, with how powerful this social media has become, it's harder for parents to keep track of the content their, their kids yeah. are consuming. And a, a lot of this ideology is being pushed on apps like TikTok. I mean, some of the videos I've seen on there, you know, you know when you end up on the wrong side of TikTok every now and then, and and, and you, it's a horror movie, isn't it? <laughs> you want to get away from it as quick as possible, you know? Like, yeah. I've seen some scary stuff. And, and some of the worst is these teachers who, are brazenly making these videos about how they're indo indoctrinating people's kids and they're so proud of it they you know i saw this one video this this teacher said that her words were one of my students felt safe enough to disclose his pronouns to me so she then said that after that happened she then spoke to the whole class about it now when you do that you're, you're taking this kid and you're, you're making that kid special because they've disclosed this stuff. And kids, they want to feel special. They, 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 when, you're, when you're in school and like one of the other kids get, gets picked for something, like it, it kind of sucks. When you're not picked for a team, it sucks, you know? So this teacher stood there and she's told her whole class about how this kid has, has pronouns and how brave he is for disclosing it. And because of that, the entire class then opted into having pronouns, right? She makes this video. She then says that she finds it disgusting that these children's parents are unsafe adults. She is literally indoctrinated an entire class into an ideology and is then calling those children's parents unsafe. And these people are openly talking on TikTok. Well, because they genuinely believe they're doing the right thing. They genuinely believe everybody has this innate gender identity. And a lot of these teachers like that are in their mid-20s or even late-20s today um, have gone, you know, yeah, fully licensed, have gone through, you know, their, their higher education to become teachers. A lot of them were teenagers on Tumblr 10 years ago. You know, and so I think, you know, it's like they 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 were taught this stuff. They believe this stuff and they are just like just like any other religion. It's like they were indoctrinated into it and now they are they are proselytizing it and they believe it is, you know, the, the truth and it is helpful. And people who don't believe it are are unsafe. They're transphobic. They're homophobic. They're it's yeah, it's a it's a mind virus. That's for sure. It is. And it, it's just crazy to think how people don't take a second to step back and think about what they're actually doing with it. Like how they can weigh these things up and actually think it's a good thing is it really reflects how mentally ill we are as a society.
because we are there is so much mental illness in our society and people just want to ignore that and act like it like it doesn't it's not there but it but it is and it reflects with these situations mm -hmm. you know all, all these people who are saying these really absurd things that we've got to a point now where you can look at a a post by the babylon b and you'll actually believe it because satire doesn't exist anymore you know like the most satire headline is legit now i say things i say things uh, in in a, in a spirit of parody um quite often and, and people get really mad at me thinking i was serious it's like no yeah. no but, but then i'm reading it back knowing not knowing what was going on in my mind when I was, I was like, yeah, I could see how, how, yeah, <laughs> you would think that I could be serious here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where we are, where jokes don't sound like jokes anymore. You know, yeah. it, it always, it, me, me and my wife used to do, well, we, we do this uh, video series called brainwash news network where we where we, we where we say how the news sounds when you're awake to the corruption of the world and it's got to the point now where it's hard to make the jokes because they sound real it's, it's, yeah. they yeah. sound they sound like the real thing now you can't even tell it's a parody anymore <laughs> well i mean i am curious so i lived i lived in manchester for a couple of years after growing up here and i found that your guys's media in the uk is so much more reasonable than ours so what what was it like and maybe it may be less reason i live there in 2007 2008 but like so that was a different time entirely but like but what, what was it like going from the media that they have they, i think our media is just fucking outrageous compared to media in the rest of the world i don't know did you find that where you're like oh these americans are nuts no because honestly since 2020 the uk went worse oh okay uh, like uh, ev everyone in the uk is pretty brainwashed in every way um but you guys have turf island <laughs> it's funny well we were actually just talking to Sinead and kind of had the had a different take on that is that, that you guys are kind of but yeah obviously different people have different uh, perspectives and experiences of it so i'm sorry go on no no, no i just when it comes to 2020 made people realize a lot of things about where people were at in the world with a lot of things didn't it it was a very crazy year yeah. and uh the, the people in the uk are very reliant on the media they literally take everything the news says at face value um there are some people who are switched on with stuff but honestly the majority aren't and it's, it's been the same with australia you know australia and the uk and canada as well all kind of started getting like quite scary places to be um people in america yes your media is absolutely insane but <laughs> um but i think it's rapidly become that way in a lot of places i mean the uk were putting out articles in 2020 saying that if you sing that happy birthday was banned from being sung because otherwise you'd catch covid so you know the the, the, the media has been crazy literally everywhere i think since then but your media likes to weaponize people a lot more yeah. in, in, in the yeah. uk when it comes to politics you could be like oh what did you vote for conservative oh, what about you labor oh you voted conservative that's that's a bit lame but that's as far as it will go here right if you vote for the president they don't like you should die kill yeah. yourself you know what yeah. i mean like yeah and even if you're a member of my family you know <laughs> yeah yeah but that's because the, the, the media you know we're, we're like oh, trump's a nazi trump's this and, and and you know they're saying all this stuff and 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 like your media likes to get people to think a certain way 
Yeah. Very, yeah. And it's very clear, but only when you see the bigger picture of stuff, you see how they paint some very questionable, questionable people in this amazing light. And then they put others in this really, really dark light. And the more I see that now, the more I pay attention to the people they're putting in the dark light because I see them put these really evil people on pedestals as well. You know, it was recently shown that they've made um, a woman who, uh, sorry, a trans woman who raped a two nine-year-old girls. They've made her a, a left-wing trans activist. What? So she, she wasn't female at the time. She was male. She raped two nine-year-old girls. Um, and then since she's been in jail, she was reached out to by, a, there, there's this platform they've got in there where they give the, the prisoners a, a platform to speak. And an LGBTQ community reached out to her. And she's now transitioned into a woman. And they've popped her on a pedestal as, as, as an activist and feminist. Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. And this yeah, happens I, a lot. We see this a lot. Yeah, I found that because um, I used to be, I used to be just your kind of typical, uh, typical lefty. But you know, I love John Oliver, and uh, you know, was watching Rachel Maddow on a fairly regular basis. And <laughs> this was like thirty, you know, probably about three years ago, when I, I mean, I just kind of couldn't do it anymore. Like you start kind of getting more uh, a broader range of news, and now I get the same kind of irritation watching Rachel Maddow as I would have gotten then watching Tucker Carlson. Mm -hmm. It's like, they're both irritating because like all the sensationalism and all the, you need to feel this way and I'm so mad about this and you need to be mad. Like, it's just, it's so irritating. It's like, don't, don't mm -hmm. tell me what mm -hmm. I need to feel about this. Just tell me what happened. You know, here's the thing. Like I, I don't have any political box, you know, I, but I found myself lately agreeing more with the people on the right because one, the people on the left just absolutely hate me. But <laughs> trying to defend kids. And it seems to be the people on the right that are seeing this monstrosity a lot more. So even though I, I wouldn't class myself conservative, I I do sway more towards how they think right now because the left has just gone so extreme and terrifying that how can you agree with them at that point? Like I, I like to see myself as a bridge between both because I I I also have some people on the left who do get on me because some people on the left are really against this stuff too. They are. Mm -hmm. So uh, by staying neutral, I like to be a bridge to, to get people who wouldn't normally necessarily speak to each other to actually do that because we all need to come together on this topic. This is yeah. very, very important. Put politics, doesn't matter who you voted for, kids need us. That is the bigger picture. Yeah, I like to con consider, like consistently drop the fact that I'm a liberal and an atheist and also trans, and therefore it's like now, now what I'm like you can you know, uh, basically like giving other like like the progressive LGBT whatever. <laughs> it's like I want to serve as like uh, basically give people uh, an allowance. You know, it's like I'll I'll say this, and that means you can you can hold on to me and basically like oh this trans guy he said this. You know, it's like I'm kind of like feel like I'm giving people permission is is what I want to be used for essentially. Which is funny because the the, uh, the trans activists will be like, anti-trans people are going to use you. I'm like, I hope so. That's that's the point here. <laughs> it, it, it is really frustrating that politics has become such a big issue to do with this topic as well. Um, because, you know, I'll, I'll go in like places around America and you'll be able to tell that like the, the, the people in those places are liberal or conservative. But when you talk about these people, about anything other than politics, 
you can have such great chats right. with these people and get right. on like a house on fire. But if you were to drop to them like a certain thing, they would turn it on you in an instance. And it's just such right. a shame that we've got to that point where the politics has become so strong and it, it is like the, the make or break whether you like somebody yeah. or not, you know? Because yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. really cool people out there, and this 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 thing is 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 stopping them from communicating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. these these tribes have completely dehumanized uh, uh, people. The tribe is so much more important than the than the individuals. Uh, it seems. Yeah, it has. It, it it's like again what we were saying earlier. What you are has replaced who you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's all Definitely. about boxes. What boxes you tick. It's it's not about the person inside. You know. It, it's basically taking people away from their humanity right yeah and, and just and just yeah. and if you're if you, them if yeah. you happen to be trans and conservative it's almost like the trans part that now is doesn't matter anymore oh it's yeah like, no it's like the conservative nope no you can't be trans and conservative so now we're now you're a self-hating trans right. <laughs> or something right they have to have some rationale for it yeah they they do and, and here's the thing like i i've had hate on both sides okay but i get it more from the left i get it more from the left oh definitely when they say that you know far-right rhetoric that stuff's a load of bullshit but sorry for my language i hope that's not a problem <laughs> but um at the same time uh there are far-right people and i found that the left don't think i have a voice because i feel the way i do and some of the people on the right the really far-right ones they just think i shouldn't be trans at all and therefore they mm -hmm. they don't want to listen to my opinion they confuse me the most actually because like i said i agree with them on most things so when they just see a oh, trans person mm, i'm like we're on the same side dude like i'm trying to right. help yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to help right. this cause. um but i know like what do they see like don't you think i can help you bridge a gap here don't you think i'm useful in that regard yeah, like, yeah. people who yeah. are just stick to their 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 purity uh, uh test it just doesn't make yeah. any sense it's, it's yeah counterintuitive to their own aims but we get the, that with the, the feminists mostly i think oh, yeah, yeah i get yeah but like the, the 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 far the far right conservatives though and like i said there's not as many of them i've come across as i have with the with, with the, the people on the yeah. left um but they tend to be also the really like strict christians mm -hmm. now i know you said you were atheist i'm not i, I am a believer um but those people confuse me as well because I don't think they've actually read their Bible because they, <laughs> the, the, the ones who like to attack like that, they're ignoring literally what their Bible says about how uh, we're all fallen, all of us. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be the biggest goody two-shoes going, but you're, you're still fallen. And also how it says, don't judge unless you be judged. Those people are what I call the, the self-righteous Christians. And they are the ones as well who put people off Christianity as a whole because they think they can speak for Christianity. They think they can speak for God when, when they can't. And that's what I find those far-right conservatives normally are. They're also those really, really strict Christians who ruin things for for everyone i think they can just they think they're perfect and they can speak for everybody when, when they can't like i i'm a and just like how the trans person. activists are ruining ruining <laughs> ruining trans <laughs> yeah, for the trans literally, you know? yeah literally there's people in every every movement the community you get isn't there you know that there's always the bad eggs that 
that ruin it for others. But unfortunately, it's the bad eggs that tend to be the loudest. Yep. <laughs> they they love Absolutely. to uh, they love to to scream the loudest, especially when it comes to these uh, really radical LGBT people. They they are poisoning. They are they are eroding the community from <clears throat> inside yeah. out. It, it, yeah. it, it's really really sad to see because there's people like us who are like hey we're not all crazy and and we get silenced whereas those people get put in the spotlight yeah well thank you so much for being here matt this has been great i've loved it i'd love to come on again one day if you'll have me absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. definitely want to keep in touch with you. with you yeah yeah um i'm following you i don't think i'm following you um you yet so just are you following me and i'll uh, what's your username i'll follow you now quickly uh so my what is my username it's uh, aaron, aaron underscore gdeck thank you <laughs> <laughs> you're like i don't know i just log in <laughs> yeah. there it is i gotcha yeah yeah so he's he's the awesome. founder of, of gender dysphoria alliance Brilliant. Um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah well, thanks I'm so following. much thank you I've, I've had a great time it's great to talk to other trans people too because I'm only just starting to obviously have a community where we're all talking about this because I didn't know really any trans men. I'm going to be honest with you. I was just on my own, apart from one guy um, who I've become friends with. He lives in Colorado and I haven't actually met up with him in person yet. I haven't been in contact with anyone who's, who's a trans man as well since I started transitioning, really. So okay, it's well. nice to finally speak to people like me. <laughs> yeah, that are also reasonable, you know, connected to, to yeah, reality. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because there, there was this uh, this one guy who was lived in England near me, but he was one of the people I didn't want to associate with. Because, you know, you've got the LGBTQ people who ignore they even have a personality and all they are is their, is their sexual orientation or the fact they're trans. And he was just, every post was, I'm trans, I'm trans. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to be friends with you. Like, right. Because you, you're not showing me who you are as a person, you're just showing me what you are. And I, I don't like people like that. That they're they're the people who I think are quite fake because they just want to be like this. Look at me, you know. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because they feel like they don't have anything else to offer, and then it's like, or anything interesting about them, and then so they they latch onto the trans thing, and then it's like, okay, now this is all I'll talk about because this gives me some sort of uh, interesting point, some credibility, and yeah. I think they think that they're just like maybe not worth like, yeah, they're yeah. I get yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah or they have autism and that's their narrow true. focus of the month that could be as well yeah there's a lot of that that's true I, I I'm on I'm on the spectrum I'm, I'm autistic as well and they, they've actually said that there has been a big overlap with autism and gender dysphoria as well I think I documented it's like 40 percent of trans uh people who seek transition services are are um are on the spectrum and I recently found out that the autism um like I think it's autism.org or whatever they have a whole section on on gender dysphoria it's like a known a known thing yeah and I also wonder okay so we're we're talking about this recently Aaron is like there's probably a biological basis um to a lot of gender dysphoria um in 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 the, in the probably the same biological basis for like homosexuality especially in in females right and like okay so like you were saying that you had 10 times the normal um uh, female uh, yeah. 10 times the normal normal testosterone for a female. I don't know what my numbers were, but I knew that I was given only half the regular dose of testosterone because I was in the male range on just that half dose, but I don't know what my actual uh, numbers were. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm wondering, and then there's also what, what the understanding of, of, of autism as being like hypermasculine. It's like hypermasculinization of the brain. And mm. I'm, I am wondering if we're going to find out that those two things are associated. Whatever's going on in the brain that causes mm -hmm. autism could be, and it could be, a, it could be an excessive exposure to testosterone. Um, and I, so I'm wondering if those two things will ultimately be linked is, is high testosterone causing both gender dysphoria and the, um, the autism might be might be down the road. I don't have a diagnosis, but when I hear the experiences of, and the perspectives of people who have Asperger's or, or uh, high functioning autism, essentially, I'm like, yep, yep, I, I, I do that, feel that, you know. So, I think I think it'll be uh, interesting to see mm -hmm. uh, shake out. Definitely, yeah. All right, Matt, let's get back to your day. All right, have a great get, uh, have a great day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of yourself, Matt. Take care. It's been great. Take care. Awesome. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Transparency Podcast. If you enjoy our content, please help out our algorithm by hitting like or subscribe. If you'd like to make a donation, follow the link to our PayPal account. On behalf of the Gender Dysphoria Alliance, thanks for your support. <laughs>